Hi guys, and welcome back. I just wanted to talk with you guys um, again. I'm going for another walk. Um, I kind of wanted to see if I could tie this into the last one. And, uh, because I kind of wanted to make that one a little longer, or these will be two separate talks. So, I'm almost done watching or more listening to the um, Third Adam 4 um, documentary. It's on YouTube by um, Spencer Smith. And like I said, he's not, he's not for everybody, but I really feel like a lot of what he has to say is really good. And he's tied a lot of, he's studied a lot. And he's tied a lot of occultism into the church all of these things well not only occultism but what he calls mystery religion and just other religions are all starting to be um, pushed onto the Christian community and I think us as Christians if we're even slightly to discerning can see that there's at least Eastern mysticism religions being pushed on us with all of the yoga and meditation and the breathing and the mindfulness. At least I've noticed it a lot the last few years, even just with having my kids in and out of public school and the public school system as early as kindergarten. Um, in like PE and stuff, they're doing breathing exercises and yoga and we see a lot of yoga in the church and it's just something that's really interesting and I actually used to do yoga I, I, watched, I watched this lady on YouTube and I really did feel like it helped a lot with my balance and just stretching out and stuff but unfortunately the word yoga means to yoke means that we are yoking ourselves with these demons um, with these like spiritual entities based off of the poses that we're doing. And honestly, guys, I do think it's unfortunate because I love stretching. My husband and I could use some really good stretching exercises. Both, we both have bad backs and stiff muscles and well, we are, we are getting older. So, you know, if you don't feel a conviction about it, then I'm not here to place a conviction on you. That's not my place. But if you do decide to do research into yoga, figure out its origins and, you know, how you can start with something easy, just like a online yoga class to end up going to hot yoga to end up doing like, you know, meditation and end up invoking these things and some people I've even heard during um, like their yoga sessions have blacked out and they don't even remember like certain parts of their yoga class and that is all you know it's very scary so um, but having said all that it just seems like there is a lot more eastern religions kind of creeping into Christianity and I think that America 
is becoming less of a Christian nation and more of a pagan nation. There's a lot of witchcraft and stuff like that, especially in like our kids' shows and, and things like that. There's always been magic, you know, but they say that it's good magic. But the thing that was interesting about this documentary is that this false religion believes that they should worship the darkness that the light came from. So instead of focusing on the light and worshiping the light, they worship the thing that came before the light, which is the darkness. I thought that was interesting because out of true magic, dark magic, comes white magic. So you can't have white magic or light magic without dark magic. And so I thought that was really interesting. It's a duality. It's like the, the yin-yang sign, the lightness and the darkness. And... I don't know. It's, it's the world that Satan gave us. So just stick with me here. Cause I'm going to jump, I'm going to go all over the place, but if you can just follow my brain with me, the reality of the world that Satan gave us. So when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, it created a new reality. And that reality of the world is what we live in today. You know, except the fact of the flood, after the flood, some things changed. Um, like, well, I won't go, I won't get into it, but there are some things that changed after the flood, but, um, there is this new reality where paradise was filled with God's presence. He literally walked in the garden and he is light and everything was goodness and light and Satan brought in darkness. And so now we have this mixture of darkness and light. And that is the world that the enemy wants to keep. So he's going to do anything that he can to keep the, this world that he made, you know, because he wants to be like God. He wants his own world. He wants his own, you know, he wants to make a copy of everything that God has made. And he has, I find it so interesting, like being out in nature right now, that there are plants that are good for you and they're edible. And then there are plants that look almost identical and they're poisonous. And I, I feel like that's such a good picture of the reality of the world that we live in. We are a dual world and that's why this place is not our home. And I know I talked a little bit on the last one about how, um, I've been struggling with, um, like wanting what other people have and struggling with jealousy. And a lot of that, I feel like stems from this idea that I don't feel like I'm at home. And I think God is showing me in a way that that is a good thing. Now there are things that I can do to make my house feel more like a home to where I'm coming home. And, um, that's kind of another subject, but the reality is that this world isn't 
our home. And sometimes that is a comforting thought. And sometimes we're just so wrapped up in our worldly issues that it's not comforting at all. So, you know, um, it's, it's true. And today it's comforting. I would say yesterday when I was hearing that I was not comforted by it. I was very annoyed with it. And I was like, I just want a different house. I just want, you know, um, to feel safer. And I want these things that make me feel safer. And, you know, so, but ultimately, you know, you have to come back to reality that your safety is in ultimately in Jesus and, and that, um, we are, a part of this world. And some of us have to, all of us have to endure this world. It's not a perfect world. It's a world filled with evil. And another part of this documentary I thought was really good was, um, he was saying how the false gospel tells you and teaches you that you are good and that God, you know, Jesus died for you because you know, you are so wonderful. And the reality is that we are not good. We are bad, <laughs> you know, to put it plainly, we are evil and sinful by nature, by Satan's design in his reality. When he brought that deception and that sin into the world through Adam and Eve, we are then all of us born into a world where we are filled with darkness. And the only way to separate us from that darkness, to pull us into the, God's light, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way for us to be separated from the darkness forever. He is, he is the only way to escape this darkness. The devil wants you to love this life, this world that he created. He wants you to find your freedom and your awakening in this world and in the things it has to offer you, like pleasure and money and, um, prosperity. I, well, I guess that's the same as money, but I'm thinking more of like, um, something to kind of pass down to your, you know, family, like a legend or popularity or, and I think I said in the last time, like the devil is willing to give you all of those things. He is happy to give you all of those things. As long as you are happy living in this world, in this world that he created. But the thing is, is that if we continue to tell ourselves that we are good and that the things that we desire, you know, outside of Christ in our, in our first born life, the things that we desire are good, then we will continue to do evil. So if you tell an evil person that they are good and the things that they're doing are good, then they will continue to do the evil. And I, I want to give you like an illustration so if you tell a pedophile that what he is doing is good and that it's, it's actually, um, a holy thing. I mean, I've heard stuff like this. It's a, um, it's a, it's a good thing and it's, it's natural. 
and it's okay, if you tell him that or her, they will continue to do that. And what we're saying as born again Christians who have actually been awakened to the true truth, to the ultimate truth, what we're telling you is that you are not a good person, (laughs) that we are not, that we are inherently evil and sinful, and that the only way that we can live in the light with God is to be born again by believing in Jesus, his son whom he sent. And (laughs) gunshots going off. Sorry, guys, I live in the woods. Um, when we are born again, when Christ enters our lives and changes us from the inside out, when we are no longer whitewashed tombs, which is a whole other subject, which is kind of what Zach and I have been getting into about these Christian religions, pretty on the outside or Christian cults, pretty on the outside, but ugly on the inside, dead on the inside. When we are no longer that, or some of us, honestly, you know, we're dead on the inside and we're not so pretty on the outside either. I feel like that's more how I was. And when we are born again by the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus comes, um, so we no longer walk in darkness, but we walk in the light and God actually changes us. And when we are no longer a part of this darkness, then we can walk around in this world and we endure, we strive, we suffer. Um, that's the other part about this, this documentary is that, sorry, a lot of these, um, Christian churches nowadays that are kind of morphing into this new ageism will tell you that as a Christian, you have power through the Holy Spirit, which it's so tricky guys, because you, you do, but it's not your power that you are, um, willing things to happen. It's God's power. So we are still feeble. We are still failing. We are still suffering because we still live in a sinful world. And So we are still struggling. And I just want to caveat to this real quick, which I don't even know if that's the right word. But Christian, your job is to be there for people when they are suffering. And I'm not saying, you know, don't lay on hands or don't pray for healing. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that in this life, sometimes... There isn't healing. It's a harsh truth. And these religions will tell you, oh, you can't think like that. You know, if you lack the faith, then you won't be healed. And that's not true because it's God's will. Our job is to follow God's will. And we are just mere humans. We don't know his will. I hardly know his will for my life, let alone know it for someone else's life. So if someone is struggling, then we should be there for them, praying for them through their sickness, being there for their families. If they're 
lost. And the Bible says to be there for widows and orphans, which was the equivalent of the lowest of the low in those times. We don't always see that now, but that can still be true. We should take that as literal, but we should also take it as be there for those who need you to be there for them. And even though it's okay to pray for healing and to pray for God to give you your dream house or pray for blessings on your life and good things on your life, you also have to learn how to be okay with the bad things in your life, with the things that are a part of the darkness in the world around us. And it's only through the Holy Spirit, the comforter. He said he would send us a comforter. Why do we need a comforter if we get everything that we want? If our life is so, so blessed and it's supposed to be so, so blessed and wonderful all the time, why would we need a comforter? God sent us the comforter because we need him. Because this life is challenging and because we struggle and because there's evil. And so I just wanted to point some of those things out. They were on my mind and on my heart. And so I would say the best thing that we can do is read the scripture every day in the morning and in the evening. Sometimes I don't feel like reading it and I understand that. Um, so I will play it. My phone has like an app where I can play it. I like to play the New Living Translation because I like the guy's voice. Okay. <laughs> play some Psalms music on YouTube. It's free. Just fill your house and your mind with God's word he said, worship him with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And pray. These are the two things that I do the least. These are the two things I struggle with the most. And I know that I'm not alone. Reading my Bible means putting God first. I'm putting God first when I read my Bible. And I'm loving people by praying. So you know that like saying, it's like, well, Jesus had two commandments, love God and love people. And that's like the image of the cross. Like the one going up and down is your relationship with God. And the one going across and out is your relationship with people. These are the two things that help you with that. Pray and read your Bible. When you're reading your Bible, you're hearing and, and reading God's word and the things that he says. That's your relationship with him. And once you do that, then you can pray. And you can pray for other people. And you can ask him to help people. And, I, and, and pray for yourself. But it always feels better to pray for other people. And then I just ask other people to pray for me. <laughs> and I'm not shy about it. I'll tell them I'm struggling with this or that. And people appreciate honesty. True Christians appreciate 
honesty, and they will be there for you. It's a struggle. I have a tendency to be very self-serving with my prayers. And so, those are just things that I would recommend working on that I am also working on. I hope this is encouraging. Love you guys, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.